Hello and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans, all the time. My name is Benjamin, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be your DM for this campaign. My name is Moss, I use Z, them pronouns, and I'm playing Ember, who uses they, them pronouns. They are a human paladin of the singing flame. My name is Mel, I use they, them pronouns. I play Trick, who also uses they, them pronouns. Trick is a huge human warrior and Ember's elder sibling. My name is Haz, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Maynard, who uses he, him pronouns, and he is a skittish wizard. I'm Chris, I play Rill, and we both use he, him pronouns. That's the past. Yeah, that's true, it is actually meant to be the distant future of the year 2000. And once upon a time, that, that was probably true. Well, I mean, to be fair, it, it was... For, for quite a lot of from... time, 2000 was the future. Yeah, uh, most also, the show is from the 90s, and the joke was that it was... I don't know what you're referencing. I know, I know. <laughs> it's a song called The Humans Are Dead about how the humans are all dead. From Flight of the Concords. There you go. You can look it up okay. on your own time. <laughs> <laughs> I would just, just remember it. Oh god, how do we play D&D? <laughs> uh, being, we we kidnap the Moloch who has in turn kidnapped who has in turn kidnapped us. Yes, there, there's been a kidnap slash rescue situation uh, between you and the Moloch of the local polity. Um, you are currently in a small airship, being piloted by said Moloch, with whom you share zero languages. There is the distant sound of fighting from above you, where a civil war appears to be breaking out. Um, you're occasionally getting buzzed by something that makes the whole ship rock. You're not sure what that is. It's very dark outside. Um, Trick is taking a nap, I believe. That seems like a good idea. I would suggest that we all take a nap. Except we can take it in shifts. Okay. So you're pushing for a long rest. Yes. Uh-huh. Or at least a short rest. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, you started your madcap dash through the uh, suspended streets of this city fairly early in the evening, because it was like dinner time when this all started going down. So you probably do have time to fit in a long rest before as the sun comes up, the very gentle, lazy circles that this ship has been making give way to a more directed and purposeful flight, and you start rising again. Don't know how much attention you're paying to things around you? Are there, like, windows? There are windows. Um, what you have is you are, you are in the cockpit of this ship. There is presumably more space in the back of it somewhere but it's got a separate cockpit which you've all crowded into so it's fairly cramped there's a front window sort of curving around the nose of the thing which is glazed it's clear glass there are also the windows in the doors on either side which mm. are the 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 normal for here uh, sheer fabric except that one of them you've already cut open so you could get in. So one of those is missing and it's just a howling gale. And it has been cold overnight. You've all been getting colder in this 
no longer sealed cockpit in the middle of the night in what to you feels like about February? Very wintry. We don't even have our gear with us. You do not even have your gear with you. Uh, and unfortunately for the monarch, none of you has any idea how to pilot an airship. So they've been sitting up flying this thing all night. Um, I mean, in fairness, it is a lot easier to hover a lighter-than-air aircraft than a heavier-than-air one. Yes, and they've, it's not that they have been constantly having to manage the controls. They have been sat they've in the plane's saying, chair occasionally it's been their own personal, their own personal desert bus simulator. Yeah, they have been occasionally adjusting something, um, but it has not. It, they have not had hands on the wheel at all times. It's not that kind of a, a vessel. Um, but they have not been able to take a nap. And they're looking pretty, pretty wrung out by the time the sun comes down. Maybe they can comfort themselves with their pile of riches and power. So we're on the move. So you're on the move. Uh, it looks like you are beginning to rise. And there's... So the good news is there's not been a lot of fires set. Which is good in particular because most of this town is suspended from really big trees. So it's good that none of those trees is on fire. Always. But you can see that there has been a degree of mayhem. You can see some of some buildings have been damaged, some of the bridges and roads have been smashed. You can see as you rise past the tips of the trees, there are a lot of big animals down towards the tips of the trees, like big. And it takes you a minute to figure out what they are because they are wrapped up in their wings because these are extremely large bats. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. <laughs> we have entered the hyperfixation zone. <laughs> what kind of bats are they? Roll me a perception check for bats. Roll a bat check. The real nose is bad, so that is a 23. Not bad. These look... I mean, you're not familiar with this species of bat, first off. You're quite confident that these are different bats. They are fuzzy, golden-brown bats. They look like flying foxes, but riding-sized. And you can see, because you rolled good perception, that, the, yeah, they're wearing tack. Oh, yeah. I'm delighted. The, these appear to be, in fact, the bat cavalry with, with riders that are sort of tending them. And it doesn't look like where they're hanging out at the moment uh, is where they should be hanging out. In that they are just down in the tips of the trees, looking very tired. But the roads don't go down that far. The buildings don't go down that far. So it's not that they are in the designated yeah, this is this is not regular bat parking. This is emergency. We have had to move the bats parking. And we have put ourselves out of reach of presumably rebels. Um, because all the bats riders are wearing fairly matching uniforms, which is presumably suggests to you that they may be loyalist forces that came with the convoy. Ah. To be fair, at the moment, you are also loyalist forces. 
Yeah, as far as I know. <laughs> I mean, if you are on the side of the rebels, now's your moment. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I, I, I'll sell this monarch out. For, I'll sell this monarch out for a can of beans, but like nobody's made the offer, so it doesn't seem like a plausible, plausible, plausible um strategy right now. Yeah, yeah and right, right now they are piloting the the, the vessel. Yeah. <laughs> the bats, to be clear, are not within jumping room, so. <laughs> And there are some bats you can see that are still in the air. Um, a few, uh, actually, a fairly substantial number, and they are engaged in patrolling slash a degree of combat, although it looks like a, much of their utility in this kind of fairly urban fighting is more as intimidation, because they can't get into a lot of the spaces between buildings and, and bridges. Does our swift our, our sudden movement seemed to be in order to get closer to them. Doesn't look like you're heading for the bats. It looks like you're heading back for the docks. Oh, okay. So the sky dock is on the, the rim of the cleared space around the spire, where it extends down into, into this world. It's built onto the edge of that. It was very full of its various jetties and docks had a lot of, of vessels tied up to them. Some of those are now gone. Um, some of them are in the sky with you, but you feel like the tally of vessels that you can see is smaller than it should be. Mm. Something may have happened to some of these. There's definitely fighting happening. You can hear it, and when you look for it, you can see it. There is fighting happening in the streets in little running battles. There is a hearty defense being mounted at the sky dock and there is another pitched battle happening around the entrance to the caverns where you were taken to see the printing press yesterday so the mm. fighting seems to have localized in those spots mm. and as you come up towards the dock uh the monarch sort of blinks bleary-eyed through the front window, trying to steer in, and then swears and swings violently away. Because as you get closer, you realize that the docks are being held by the rebels. The people in the uniforms are the ones attacking, not the ones defending. Oh, that's rough. Um, I would like to clap... Uh, Maynard hardly on the shoulder if it's not uh, I mean the the mechanics of long rest versus description of what you actually do being mm, what they are um, and and suggest and suggest that whatever happens now might be a really good time to start prepare to start preparing I don't know that 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 useful language spell to have on tap oh, yes yes if you wish to alter your spells now is your moment <laughs> yep I have cast aid. Well. Okay, so everyone gets, is it five extra hit points? Yeah. I take it as read that you've cast aid, unless otherwise specified as per standing orders. Good. <laughs> I just wanted to, like, be extra sure oh, since no. we're out here with no gear and, like... No, I appreciate yeah. it. Hey, I've got, a, I've got a sword. It ain't nothing. That's true. I do have Kindler. Yes. I, a horse also in my pocket. This is true. So the, the party's current resources 
<laughs> as far as hey, I'm now. aware, are the clothes they're wearing, their magical focuses, Trick's sword, Trick's horse in statue form in a pocket, and Kindler. I don't know if anyone also has a handbag with useful items in, but most of your stuff and definitely your armor, you're left at the banqueting hall. Mm, I don't sure suppose do. that we could get close enough to the banquet hall to, like, drop or that just... That really feels, feels like a question for the gnome. <laughs> feels like more of a... That, that might be something just... you would need to discuss with your pilot. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. it... From, from my experience I... of running through the streets, does it seem like it's even possible if I were oh, right, to right. ask the gnome? Okay. Um, is there space? You don't think so. Okay. It was in a more part of it, like the front of it faced onto the more open, like broader street civic center stuff. Round the back, it was more built up. Round mm-hmm. the front and over the top, you might be able to get in on a bat. Mm. You don't think you could do it even in this fairly small airship. You don't think it would fit. Okay. Then I will not bother trying to ask the gnome. The gnome, as far as you can tell, I mean, you're turning corners quite rapidly now. The gnome is clearly scouting around for a plan B. Mm. They were not prepared to not just be able to land at the docks again. Um, I would like to dig through the cockpit and see if there's anything in here. Uh... Sure. Roll me an investigation like check. <laughs> yes. Roll me a general find useful items investigation check. It, that's a one. Hey. You you mm, you don't I... find nothing. You get very excited because you 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 start sort of trying things that look like they might be cabinet doors, and you find one, and and it contains a dog-eared pack of unfamiliar cards. Great. Awesome. <laughs> Possibly also an empty wineskin. Mm. Delightful. Huge success. Yep. Can we perhaps move to the point where our wizard has finished preparing spells, as wizards are going to do, for the possibility of communing with our, with our pilot? That has, has, has finished preparing spells, such that Maynard has also finished preparing spells. Nice. Then yes. Uh, I mean, I don't have any, any any suggestions. I'm just saying, <laughs> it seems like seems like oh, what we're going to okay. have to do the person we're going to have to talk to. Listen, buddy, you're the one who can talk to them. Oh, okay. Um, I try and I don't really know how to ask where we're going. So as as Ember's been hunting around, they seem to have settled on a direction. And you are currently moving towards a much larger airship that is also um, just sort of hovering underneath the town. Okay. And that looks like it's your current destination, and you're coming in very slowly and carefully towards it. Mm. Well, that part's positive. I don't think I really have the right conceptual apparatus to expect to go inside the airship. <laughs> um. I suppose yeah, I, I, I might you not to interfere. The, the monarch has a plan, yeah. but it's fair. I, I don't think, I, 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 as far as I can tell, we do not have a really 
a, a golden opportunity to um okay push a I, I will narrate the plan as it unfolds and if you wish to jump in jump in that's grand so the monarch is is bringing you towards a much larger airship both in terms of the size of the balloon and the size of the gondola and they come in very slowly and carefully and then they sort of swing away a bit and then they try and turn around and kind of do it again and you you gradually realize that whether it's not commonly done or whether just whatever level of training in airships the monarch has hasn't covered it they have no idea how to dock with another vessel in flight like they're just trying to not put a hole in it and hoping someone else figures this out for them and it takes a couple of passes of them trying to nudge in like trying to get the small ship like under the envelope of the big ship before there are some other gnomes and some tabaxis like climbing the ropes on the outside of the big ship and there is some complicated throwing of ropes which is hindered by the fact that no one is there to catch them it takes like a solid 40 minutes to actually get this little ship attached securely so that it is basically the two envelopes have been lashed together with the small one sufficiently far down around the curve of the big one that the gondolas are at basically the same height Will they eventually get that set up? Uh, please tell me it's not a gangplank. It's a rope bridge. Mm. It's a rope bridge. Someone has clambered up the envelope, you know, the, the rigging around the outside of the envelope on, on the big one and then down onto your small one, which makes everything sway alarmingly. Mm. They brought a guide rope and then they are pulling over and attaching a rope bridge between the door of your little airship and presumably an entrance into the big one um and then they just knock on the door you can you've been seeing through the windows that this has all been being set up mm -hmm. and then there comes a, a sharp tap at the door which is now attached to a rope bridge seems like we well. should open the door mm -hmm. i mean they do look like the right people right so yeah, I mean, the, the monarch was, was clearly going to pains to make this happen. Yeah. Not everyone is in the military-looking uniform, but this seems to be all according to plan as far as your pilot is concerned. And they're currently what? engaged in, with a furrowed brow in trying to turn off the propellers, switch off the engine, and, like, make this little ship safe so it doesn't start turning the big one in circles or anything. Mm. When, uh, yeah, I thought. So, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> open the door. Sorry, I realised someone else was opening the door, so I, so I didn't need to. Um, I was just going to say that in in an attempt to repair some of the relationship ruined by being extremely rude to a monarch, I open the door for her and just say, "Your Majesty." Okay. They are actually hanging back a bit, partly because they're shutting things down, and partly because possibly being the first to step out into what is technically unknown terrain is not something they want to do. Mm. Uh, I know what I'm for. <laughs> Wait, hang on. No. I, no, hang on. I, I, I think I actually say that out loud. I'm just like, kind of like getting, getting up, getting ready, making sure I've not dropped anything. Going, oh, I know what I'm for. And then stopping and looking at the wizard and going, actually, wait, no, you can fly. Maynard. 
Um, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, peer out the door and uh, step into the dock. Well, you're stepping onto a rope bridge. It's quite a long bridge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like 50 feet, probably, between this door and the nearest door in the other ship, which has been connected up for you. And it sways unpleasantly, and it, like, dips under your feet. Mm-hmm. In a very similar way to how water ships, if you put something between them, will rock in the water. It's that thing of nothing here is attached to anything firm. But it appears to be sound. It doesn't give way under your feet. It doesn't come alive and eat you. Like, this appears to be a bridge to the other ship that you were trying to dock with. All seems kosher. Walk to the other side and knock on the door? It is, it is readily opened for you by, by a gnome. In fact, this, this ship is... You are in a... a it feels narrow to you, but then you look at the gnomes who are moving through it, and you're like, "In narrow-ish. Like, you know, for the gnomes, this is clearly a slightly cramped, but you can pass each other in it corridor. For you, it's very cramped. Uh, there's a lot of activity happening at one end of the, of, of the corridor. Um, roll me a perception check. Okie dokies. 20. Okay. There's a lot of people forming up with uniforms and weapons. And at first you're like, "Mm, this could be immediately bad. But they don't have their weapons drawn and they're all standing quite stiffly as if to attention. You're like, ah, yes, we're about to bring the monarch on board. This is like an honor guard welcoming committee, not a stab you welcoming committee. It's probably fine. I call back. to the other ship and it's like it's okay uh, you can all come out oh i i feel like you can probably shout right <laughs> like yeah it's like it's like 50 feet you can shout yeah okay uh, i'll go across next it's fine i know what i'm for it, yeah I, I hate it, it, it dips <laughs> it dips a lot under trick's weight <laughs> i hate it bridge, so much which is made of ropes and like planks as a floor it's it sways, it dips, it is like being on the worst adventure playground because there is nothing beneath your feet but sky. I am the single least equipped person to fall off this bridge. Uh-huh. But at least what? I'm going to get it over with. I'm not standing in the doorway, by the way. I'm, just, I'm moving inside so that we don't... Yeah, so I'm making space. Great. And then the monarch is going to come in the middle so there's suitably protected front and back. And it dips a lot less under a gnome's weight than under Trick. <laughs> but it's still not a very stable bridge. They're still hanging on to the, the rope railings like, hmm, well, this is how today is going. And in it. extremely freaked out. They've developed a bit of a fear of heights after that nasty fall they had. Understandable. And this is uh, extremely uncomfortable. On their shoulder. Okay. You will make it across, and immediately you are plunged into that other people know what's going on, and we're super in the way feeling. I hate that. Yeah. Like, there's a whole thing going on where they're welcoming the monarch aboard, and then they're like, 
somebody who else who appears to be important is is having one of those i'm briefing you on the situation your majesty kind of conversations judging by attitudes and you're sort of standing there going and also we are here i'm casting comprehend languages so i can understand what the briefing is about okay I'm not going to like narrate the conversation, but I will summarize the situation as it is being explained to the monarch, who is not making any effort to like to leave you behind. They seem quite happy for you to follow them um, up the corridor and into this like what's being used as a meeting room and listen in on this conversation. We have become um, the ranking guard. Kind of, yeah. You, you, you've become included in the situation at least and the situation is this they were not expecting a rebellion last night if they'd been expecting a rebellion they would have had a lot more guards in the hall in the absence of the monarch but also of the monarch's body and you rapidly pick up that the monarch being killed or even injured would have been genuinely a much bigger deal than merely throwing a rebellion. There is something... Um, I don't know if Maynard would have the words for it or have the, the context for it. Um, but injuring or killing the monarch is like, it's like sacred blood. It's like you must, you're not allowed to spill the royal blood. Inviolate. Yes. Yes. So, in some ways, they weren't too worried, because they just assumed that the monarch had been kidnapped, and they were waiting for the ransom note. They, they assumed this was a hostage situation, and the monarch showing up not being a hostage is great. It, it, it's going to simplify matters considerably. The rebels have control of the Skydock, which has everyone very worried, because... If that was one of their targets, that suggests that they're expecting reinforcements. And the monarch is here not with any major fighting force. There's a convoy for this tour of the kingdom, and there's guards for the convoy. And against some not very well-armed rebels in one town, that's fine. But if any serious reinforcements turn up, they're just going to be rolled over. So they're fighting hard for control of the Sky Dock because it is much easier to drop incendiary bombs on enemy airships if you hold the docks. They're also fighting to uh, regain control of the caverns, which everyone is treating like an obvious tactical necessity. Like if you're going to control any, if you're going to control the settlement, obviously you would need to control the caverns. Hmm. And they also still hold the banqueting hall, which the monarchs, the, the, the loyalist forces have been reluctant to attack in force, because they assumed that was where the monarch was, and they didn't want to risk them. They've been waiting for communication to come out of that. They've, 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 they've put a ring around it, but they're not, they haven't tried to, to, um, to aggressively retake it. The back cavalry has been basically working in shifts all night, and they've taking in, in turns to rest and none of them are going to be very rested so mounting an all-out assault on the bats would be but they might still be useful usable as as an issue of other individuals 
if that seems tactically appropriate. I don't know if you're trying to interject their questions. That is broadly, that that is the status of the town. So there's there's heavy fighting around the docks and the caverns, and there's a state of tense besiegement around the banqueting hall, and a lot of little running battles in the streets. Some of them between the townsfolk themselves. This looks like it might not just be a local rebellion. This looks like because they're waiting for reinforcements. This may be a proper, we're planning on a civil war level rebellion. Mm. It does sound very seem important, but also none of our problem. Yeah. It does seem tactically advantageous to get the monarch out of here, but again, I guess that's not really our problem. I mean, there are whiz people who can certainly get them out of here now. Look at yeah. this airship. But then again, if we were the ones to escort the monarch, we would also be getting ourselves out of here. Because I don't really want to be caught up in the middle of a violent rebellion. We don't have to stay around here. We're we're leaving immediately anyway. What's um what's uh, Zuchet's con conclave? Golden Quill, I think. Was it was it in this town? Or was it supposed to be further it's, out? It's it's not in this town. Um, you asked the the magistrate's aide about it. It is a couple of days' travel. Okay. And we'll be leaving to go see Golden Flame much immediately, anyway. But how are we going to get there? I mean, obviously, the, these these rebels saw us take the monarch. It would be easy to go. We don't know how to fly these shit. I don't and know if we know how to fly bats, either. I would assume that the Magistrate is now a bit busy. Mm -hmm. The last you saw the Magistrate, they were surrounded by a crowd of rebels, apparently being kidnapped. Yeah. I think it's probably fair to say that we're sort of, we're sort of at, um, at the Moloch's whim at the moment. I think the best thing would be to try and sneakily obtain our gear and then get out of here whether that is with the monarch or not but it's possible that helping the monarch would be our best bet for helping ourselves in this situation because that would put us that would put them in our debt sort of mm. i mean i don't think they're going to view it as a debt but they might be willing sure. to do a favor i mean i'm not against um buddying up with the people we already thrown a lot in with i'm just yeah. i just feel like they're they're going to be calling the shots oh yeah i'm not sure we're going to get much um much say for a for a while even if we could <laughs> practically Am I actually? Can I? Can I? Can I get a piece of paper off of you, real? Sure. Is real? Do, do you do you have some paper on you? Yeah, real was like drawing uh, the bats <laughs> out the window while we were waiting for all this like <laughs> loading in the ropes and everything to be done. Real just like rips a piece of paper out. Important <laughs> things that you keep that you keep that you keep on your person in your pockets, including paper. <laughs> Yes, right and like a nub of charcoal or something. Absolutely. Um, 
I'm going to do my be- actually wait. I'm gonna start doing my best, and then I'm gonna take a sort of mournful look at my results, and I'm going to hand the paper back to Rill, and I'm gonna say, <laughs> "Do you want to maybe draw? I mean, especially me and Ember, and I suppose your own." And I kind of like gesture at kind of general body. Sit. Oh my god. <laughs> What? Jesus Christ! Let me draw you. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean draw like the sort of stuff that we need to be effective, right? Like, like suggest to them maybe maybe find us some armor and a shield and that kind of thing. I mean, even if we can't get our own gear back, it would be best. Uh, maybe uh, this is, this is like a military operation. Hopefully, they can get us in something. I can just talk to them. Wait, what? Who can just talk to them? Yeah. I spent this morning um, adjusting some of my spells, and at least for a limited time, I can talk to them. Oh, well, hang on. Great. I wish I'd known that. We were distracted by the giant flying bats, and to be fair, they were magnificent, but... Fair enough. Well, I mean, yeah, that then. All right. I can't believe I ripped out a piece of paper. That. He stops it back into his pocket. Actually, so so, so that I'm clear at the moment, Maynard is translating for you all. <laughs> what what are you planning to do? Uh, really, is planning to cast tongues on Trick and make them go ask for <laughs> shields and such. <laughs> oh, please tell me you're you're not telling me this. No, he's not. No, really, just like A grade trolling. Okay, trick. He makes the, he makes the same little like ziggurat of. Don't you seen Maynard do it? Except instead of pressing it into his own forehead, he just sort of like ends up on his tiptoes and just like carefully smushes it into the middle of Trick's forehead. I go like frowning and then the, the, I think after you've made contact, I have the realization that oh no, I have been made the face. You have been made the face, and you, and, and all of the nonsense being spoken around you, you get to this weird double layer where you can still hear literally the sounds they are speaking, but also you know this language. So when you said you can talk to them, Brill. <laughs> oh, I can. Anybody can talk to them as long as I have energy to cast that spell a couple more times, which I do. Uh huh. Maynard All right. looks at Rill first with a little exasperation and then just says I didn't have it last night when we got no, here. No, 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 no. I mean thank you. This was very <laughs> exhausting. Okay. You're doing a good job. Oh, trick, that lasts an hour. So if they start right, speaking then. just nonsense, come back and I can do it again. Okay. I'm going to, I guess I feel we've probably sort of been we're sort of sidelined in some sort of command room, I'm guessing, as the Viper. Yes, that is basically the situation. Yeah. I'm going to sort of approach the table. Very hard for um, you to do subtly, that you are noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm doing so, I'm not hoping to do so subtly, but at least diffidently, right? I don't hey, want to be look like a naked looming over everyone. Room. Yeah. I may, I may even just leave my sword leaning, like, leaning, like, just like, just leaning out of the way the against the wall. Yeah, yeah. Um, I imagine that attracts attention. I'm gonna be honest. I assume it, that gives it, me an opening to speak. 
you yes it is you, you have everyone's looking at you attentively um i'll kind of <clears throat> cough um give a polite your majesty and then addressing because you know i've got requests here and i understand about royalty and their desire not to be bothered by things mm-hmm. um i'm going to address the person that said royalty was speaking to who's presumably you know some sort of seneschal basically a seneschal right um so, some enough. kind of, of, of salt and pepper haired individual with a very tidy mustache yeah um and say uh, begging your pardon um but i understand uh begging your pardon but we would like to make it known that um if 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 properly equipped we we are a team of um we are a team of skilled diversely skilled people um who may be able to expand your options persuasion i'm your really good at that favorite skill <laughs> so good that'd be a four <laughs> <laughs> i might revise he, what i said to you you know we're pretty useful <laughs> well he he sort of shuffles papers that he's holding and sets them down on the table and leans on the table and looks up at you what kind of various skills um well um uh you know what? it's no secret that we have spell that we have spellcasters so um we um i mean i'm just and i, I i'm just and i kind of like again a gesture to my whole body <laughs> He's always going to go to the sword gnome. against against the wall. Yeah, uh, put me in, put me in, put me in steel, and I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much a, and I'm pretty much a road, and I'm pretty much a roadblock by myself. And then my companions here are, well, aside from the nature of our um, calling down here, I don't think, I think, I think, I think we asked for. I haven't, I don't think we've seen any familiar religious symbols down here, have we? Um, it hasn't come up, but you you have. Um, okay. N- not all of them have been identical, um, but you have seen some, you know. I guess flames particularly... and dragonflies and. Okay. Any um. And... Okay. Yes, of the what you've seen, it looks like your pantheon is is um has primacy in this area. Um, so I'll kind of add, and so I'll, so I'll add, and I mean, aside from the divine mission, aside from the divine um, mission that uh, uh, that is the reason we've come down from the surface, um, uh, we also have a we also have a wizard um, who's well, um, who's been doing a lot of our translating, um, and also, I mean. Um, uh, assisted, um, assisted their Majesty's escape. So I'm sure they can attest to um, how useful, uh, how useful their skills are. Their Majesty actually sort of jumps in as an aside here and says to the person you're actually talking to, this um, <laughs> yeah, who is actually a general. We're just going to go ahead and call them the general. Sure, um, sure. Sort of says as an aside, he doesn't have. A cabal, as far as I can tell, and he's traveling alone. I don't think we should rely on him too much. 
clearly under the impression that whatever you're doing translation-wise probably only works on, like, one person at a time. <laughs> that was a very candid little... Right, so... Two heavy fighters, a cleric, and a wizard. Uh, well, I mean, do you know... Do you have paladins down here? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and, 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 and paladins, yes. And it's, yeah, it's and clear that I'll, that's I'll not a point quite a precise translation, that what they've said is, like, the nearest equivalent. Yeah. And the magic is just rendering it both as... This is close enough. Yep. Um, so a fairly formidable unit. If you, if, you want a, if you want a versatile and powerful small unit, like, I spread my hands like, here we are. <laughs> hmm. What I want is to pull back the forces we have on the banqueting hall because their majesty is not there and redirect them to the docks and the caverns without it being obvious to the rebels that that's what I've done. How would you fancy first infiltrating and then making a lot of noise? Um, I, I mean, I'd put it, I'd put it to, the, um, to the others, but well equipped i i think we can manage uh or i think we can manage the making a lot of noise part we we don't have a good track record with the inf with 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 infiltration the important part is to keep them occupied the infiltrating is to let you get further in and have more chance at a ringleader when you keep them occupied we can probably keep people occupied hmm and then oh, actually it does mean that if i'm speaking like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm probably speaking loud enough for everyone else to hear. If everyone else could overhear, if has could overhear, the yeah, they'll, they'll definitely be hearing the your side of the conversation. They can hear my side of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Maynard will be getting both. Yeah. The general sort of turns back to the discussion, um, but as you're listening in, there's definitely a shift towards this potential three prong thing where we have this small independent unit who it would be madness to try and integrate into our forces as a whole we don't really know what they can do no one's used to working with them that's just a recipe for chaos but you know we could just pull back here and as long as we keep the perimeter it won't be obvious and then we get them in through i don't know through the roof or through the back or something let them get as far in as they can deal with any ringleaders they find if we could get the Baron's body out, that would be ideal. And find out if the Magistrate is dead or not. Probably ought to do that one first, really. Find out if the Magistrate is dead, get her out. And also the Baron's body. So your offer has, has very much been integrated into the resources they think they're working with now. And after some more discussion, they, they will confirm that this is what they want you to do. This is, this is the plan they've settled on, is, a, is, is various troop maneuvers around the docks and the caverns. Uh, and you, um, and then and General will come and ask you, can you get to the banqueting house without being noticed, or do we need to airlift you in? Um, if I'm if I'm be if I'm being if I'm being very blunt about it, I don't Please. think we I don't think we can make it there. I don't think we can make it there unnoticed. I mean, look at me just individually, especially but since if we want wanting... that flyover and dropped uh, you off. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Good. 
We'll start we'll a need... patrol going over every now and then to reconnaissance, and then when we send you in, it won't stand out. Right. And if you'll forgive me for being rushed, because I know that um, the, the messenger's gift is only going to last so long. Um, so I can, you know, speak with you. Um, we uh, we will need to be properly outfitted if we're going to be yes, if we're going to be keeping holding him for a long time. We can probably manage him. Looking at Rill, <laughs> you two are broader than any Tabaxi we have in our ranks. We don't have armor fitted for you. If we Breastplate. had days to work with, we could refit you something from the bats. I mean, even if it's not, not even if with it's... anything. We did. It's in the banqueting hall. We were, we, you see, we were in the middle of a um, fancy ah. royal feast, and yeah. I mean, if we, well, if we, had... we'll make the infiltrating part very exciting. Yeah. Um. Still, uh, a shield at least. Shield, um, I can do. A, a pair. A shield, of I can do. I can do helmets. Mm. Beyond that, we will struggle. Okay. And the other thing is, well. As mentioned, we are here from we are descended from the surface on the divine mission and it while clearly the gods have placed us um at your hands um along our way uh, after after the after this city is secured again for the monarch it would be it would be it would be good if we could be if it could be arranged for us to be brought on to the Golden Quill. The Amazide, you mean the Golden Flame. Okay, that is what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Roll me a perception check. Perception check. Exciting. That's a 17. I'm quite perceptive. Okay. okay. So when, when you mentioned the Golden Flame, the General and a couple of other people who were eavesdropping, like, ooh. the General almost controls it and doesn't ooh. fully look there's definitely a flicker in the eyes, and the other two are like full on a like, look at Maynard and back. <laughs> <laughs> With a degree of reassurance that that's where you're planning to go. That's what I figured. I yeah. just like. <laughs> like, okay, okay, yes. Um, as you say, the priority has to be retaking this town. Once that's done, We'll find you some kind of transport. I'll nod gratefully and I'll um, say, then I'll debrief, but I'll warn you that by the time you're ready to go, we probably won't be able to speak again. I'm possibly understand you. Poss probably understand you. Definitely, probably not speak. It's quite taxing. Well, if I come and beckon you to follow me, then I'm trying to put you on a bat. Understood. I'll uh, debrief. I'll debrief the team. And I turn around and I... And I Proving and I, little and nod I, and leaves you to it. Yeah. Turn around and say, so, who's up for a suicide mission? <laughs> what? What? Well... No, wait, I was understanding it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think of it more as a um, high-risk mission. Look, it gets us, it gets us in... Uh, they they want to drop us like in the banqueting hall, right, or on the banqueting hall? Is that right? Yeah, or, like or just on the roof. Yeah, yeah. Or or others like yes, they want to they want to drop you where you can make your way inside. Yeah, probably. It gets us. 
it gets us to the banqueting hall and it gets us what equipment they can manage um ember they're not going to be able to get us proper armor but helmets and shields at least um real you'll be all right um and um also it get it keeps us on their good side and um i think they're going to be pretty happy to drop us off with the golden flame afterwards what you had in mind wasn't it wasn't it Reynard? um no i didn't see it going any other way no also i mean that banqueting hall right that was quite like that was quite grand like the design of the of the of the hall yes. it was it was like a grand stately affair even even by our standards reasonably grand right yes like the um, the actual banqueting room itself was wasn't it it was a grand affair there was a substantial number of people eating in there it was a big room it was like two stories high it had a raised bit yeah, yeah. and what you saw of the rest of the building which wasn't a huge amount but what you saw of like the corridors and the cloakroom was commensurately built just gonna like clap my hands rub them together and say and besides I'd I'd wager I'd wager almost anything you like that none of these people have ever faced have ever faced down a mounted warrior before. As long as you don't fall through the floorboards. Ah, uh, well. Are you are you going to try and shock them by providing a horse? Oh, I feel like at some point, yeah. I mean, it, I feel like it. I, I feel like it will break us through pretty much wherever we want to break through at least once. And also, part of our brief is to um attract attention so you know i think that's genuinely a good idea i've got a couple of tricks up my sleeve i mean you've got at least one yeah it's a horse no i mean because your name is trick yeah i see oh. this has been failed puns <laughs> with <laughs> the cloakroom was towards the front of the banquet hall so it's possible we could get our armor before we have to get into some serious fray. That's what I'm hoping. They're going to be dropping us on the roof. And what I'm hoping is that we can make it down and get our stuff, assuming that it's not been looted, reappropriated. I'm going to be honest. I, d I haven't seen anyone on the underside who would fit in, any, in, in, in either of our armor. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping we can get in through the roof and get our stuff back with minimal resistance and then um then it's a case of um getting ready to uh cause some trouble oh that rope thing i say to maynard can you do that rope thing again i didn't prepare it uh, sorry no no it's fine in fact that's not something you should you, you should necessarily could have expected to use um yeah great well then um i'll um you have you will find yourself with you will you, you will find yourselves with a couple of hours to kill um at some That's... point actually you 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 will probably get I... included in the general breakfast that is bought for people who are in this command room sorting things out i was genuinely about to say let's find the galley before I, before the, before this before this spell wears off <laughs> yeah no you you just sort of been included in the entourage now yeah and and you get fed um Someone turns up looking confused as heck, but with a couple of shields. Um, a little smaller than, than perhaps would be ideal, but 
perfectly functional. Um, they clearly got them from the tabaxi supplies, the, because the tabaxi are more of a elf-sized people than the gnomes. Am I um, right in guessing that uh, none of the commanders were tabaxi? You know, none of them were. Yeah, they were all gnomes. Mm. Uh, yeah, some of the servants have been tabaxi. Mm, sort of figured. Yeah. Um, but you brought a couple of shields, because they're sort of assuming that both the big ones will probably want shields. Um, Rill is probably actually gently taken by the hand, because the spells have worn off, and hmm. taken down to an armory to try on bits and pieces of armor, because Rill is more tabaxi-sized, particularly in girth. And he, uh, he probably, like, nervously looks at the rest of the party and then sort of leans over and whispers, Okay, these are cats, right? Like cat people. They poisonous. You you cut out a bit there. Were you asking if they were if cats are poisonous? Yes. Yeah, cause cause they're weird, overbright creatures. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, okay, good. Oh no, I mean, well, they might be poisonous, but they're not venomous, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, all right. And then you take the hand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fantastic. The tobacco are a bit more like. Bearish than your yeah, standard. Yeah, they're not like full they? on, full on cat people. They have these long, prehensile tails. They have muzzled faces. They have, they have got sort of triangular, very cat-like ears. That's that is the first impression you get. But they are more mm -hmm. heavily built than than that. And honestly, especially with the tail. The more you look at them, the more you're like, these are more like cat-like humanoid monkeys. It's something very chimpanzee. Okay. As well as, like, it, it's an odd mishmash. It, it, these are not people who clearly map to any of the animal species you know. It's aspects of various things. But they are furry. All right. Oh, we, all... <laughs> we all have that mammal fuzz. Um... But yes, you are, you are taken down to uh, an armory room. It's not huge, because this is not, by the looks of it, primarily a troop ship. But it has got some armor in a room. And you can find bits that will fit you. Um, roll me an investigation check to see how good the armor you find is. 19. So pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, I'm going to say it's probably equivalent to chain. All right, that'll work. Yeah, so it's not quite as good as your own splint mail, but it's it's better than leather. Right. And then at some point, everything is going to start moving very rapidly as the general comes and grabs you, not physically, and takes you down towards, like, to, to the belly of the airship gondola. And there are, hanging from the bottom of the gondola as the hatch is opened, three very large bats. They're like horse-sized in the body with their wings mostly folded out of the way at the moment, wearing harnesses with saddles. And the, and the, the saddles um, are harnesses in themselves. The riders are strapped to the beasts because they turn upside down a lot. 
I think this is are... when Trick has some regrets. Uh huh. Uh huh. This is this is the bit where you realize just how precarious this is going to be, as you are hastily put into basically rope harnesses because there are no properly made, finished safety harnesses that will fit you. Mm. Um, Rill and Maynard, you probably get actual leather harnesses because they're adjustable on the buckles so they can be made you know to put on a random rider ember mm. and trick you're probably in improvised rope great cool yeah i love this well, thing it's fun it's fantastic it, it becomes clear through gesture and pointing and general vibes that maynard and rill are being put on one bat along with the rider and Ember and Trick each get a bat to themselves. Oh. With the rider. So all of the, all of, all of the beasts have riders. You are being split up as passengers, to be clear. You are not being expected to direct the bat. Yep. Okay, cool. So I can, in fact, squeeze my eyes shut and <laughs> Absolutely. possibly grip the rider in front of me. Yeah. And, and the most precarious bit is, like, getting onto the animal which is an unpleasant combination of sort of you sort of have to hang out the hatch and let it come up underneath you mm. Mm. yeah yeah should we have just for fun like a round oh, no. of like acrobatics checks to mount your bats oh god <laughs> oh, I'd rather god. Not. <laughs> why because yeah, yeah, I am the true. DM and I live for mayhem. Nine. Well, that was a three. <laughs> the late Trick McGowan. Oh, from real. Not great, but better than these two. <laughs> we grade on a curve 16. here. Sixteen. Yeah. Hey. So what it is, is Maynard goes first. Maynard goes first and has not watched anyone else perform this precarious manoeuvre and has not had time to get nervous about it. And quite successfully transfers from sort of dangling half out of a hatch to sitting on a bat, and then straps himself in and everything is fine. And then that same bat comes round again to pick up Rill, and it's a little crowded on the back of this bat and a bit awkward, and Rill's not quite as fearless about all of this, but does make it onto the bat with no major mishaps. <laughs> um... Eight and a three. I feel like, surely, surely they have belaying lines, right? Like, surely this is embarrassing and painful more than <laughs> just falling So what, what I'm thinking is that between size and unfamiliarity with the manoeuvre and it being an improvised harness, I think the bat balks. I oh, think God. Trick is making this trip in the talons of a bat. Oh god. <laughs> Which is probably technically perfectly safe. But Trick is being gripped by a bat. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Ember, based on that role, do you want to try for the back or are you just accepting your fate and riding in the talons? Oh. Yes, I'll just accept my fate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I I'd not quite grasped that the that the riders were on the back. I was thinking like like clinging to the belly like a baby bat does. Uh no, they they're riding them like you would ride dragons. 
but they're strapped on like you would ride dragons that turn upside down a lot. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, Rill and Maynard on the back of theirs. You can't let your legs dangle. You're like having to fold them up, at, fold your knees and sort of kneel on the because there's wings in the way. Mm-hmm. So you're straddling the back of the neck, but with your knees tucked up. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. It's better than dangling. But, but <laughs> yeah, then your friends come past just dangling from the talons of a bat and you're like, you know what? It's fine. This is fine. It's all good. I don't mind. And it is a short flight, at least. Mm. You've been in this command ship, which has gradually dropped in the sky since you boarded it and is now well below the level of the trees, away from the fighting at the docks. That mention you heard of incendiary bombs maybe has something to do with that. Mm. But it is also bright daylight, so you get a lovely view of the town as you rise towards it on or held onto by your bats. It's almost like an optical illusion because you're approaching these trees and these trees are much bigger than you're used to trees being because they just dangle out into space and have to cl- instead of having to climb against gravity. But your brain still kind of reads them as trees. So you struggle to judge how far away from them you are and then suddenly you are right in amongst them and these houses are flashing past you and there's all sorts of maneuvers happening from these bats which are very agile in the air which would be great to admire if you were not currently dangling from them and then quite suddenly you are approaching the large box-like structure that is the banqueting hall you were in last night and then equally suddenly you are skimming across the surface of that structure across the roof of it and if you look up you are only 20 feet or so from the rock from which the trees descend Mm. and then you are dropped in two cases, and Maynard and Rill, your back kind of turns sideways, and the pilot very quickly unclips your straps for you, and you also are rolling across the roof of the banqueting hall. I feel like we don't have the wherewithal or even scream. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting at least 10 full seconds of stunned silence from me. <laughs> And as you gather yourselves to attempt the infiltration part of your mission, I think we pick up there next episode. Okay, sounds good. Hey, nice. You've been listening to Come Out and Play, an all-trans real play podcast. We'd like to thank our generous patrons for making this possible, especially our £20 and up patrons, Alexandria. To join them and get early access to our bonus episodes, check us out at patreon.com slash coapcast. You can find all our free episodes at comeoutandplay.games or wherever you get your podcasts. Just like you to know, for the last like month or two, I've been on a real like obsessive kick with bats. So I'm very excited about the bats. They're so good.